All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig, and we will kind of jump right into things. Uh, not the not the football talk right away. We always do a little bit of a intro and uh, to go right into that. We don't do it every week, but... Uh, We'll do the rock moment of the week. Get the music rolling here. I don't know if we've used this one before. No, I haven't heard it. I, I, I don't know. We've, we've used a few songs over. Well, you were going like far back in like 70s, late 70s. Yeah. There's been some Boston there. Oh, uh, you can't go wrong with Boston. No, no. But we've done this quite a few times over the past few years, so I'm having a hard time remembering what we've used or not. So there, there are a lot of songs with the word rock in them, but there aren't that many that are this good. Let it play there for a minute in the background. So good song, good stuff. I'll, I'll hand it over to you to start start things going you got something to go for the uh, rock moment of the week uh rock moment but you know what i don't know if i do dude i you know i kind of had a busy week and kind of sucked all around so i would say just getting through the week was a rock moment <laughs> i don't know man so, it was so that's so uh I mean, since uh, it's Tuesday night here, kind of referring to last week, just getting through last week was a yeah. rock moment. Yeah, just getting through it. You know, obviously I'm rehoming my dog, and you, you know, I've talked to you about that, and that kind of stinks because you know you miss it. And but then you know I'm and I'm trying to do a lot of yard work because my son's graduating, and I'm working my tail to the bone, and oh yeah, and obviously that shoulder issue thing but i'm um, getting much better but you know i try not to push it and you know you get you know the thing is about these grad parties what the heck is going on if they're like worse than like weddings now yeah I, school, we're not even talking about like college we're talking about high school um i well i don't do a lot of people do it for college i mean i kind of did a small thing but the high school one was a lot bigger yeah i'm like what happened I don't, man, I just think my mom and dad took me to a restaurant and said, have at it. And that was about it. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I got anything, man. High school is uh pretty basic. Uh, I mean, what are the church that we attend has a, you know, a rec room kind of thing where we set up some stuff and just, uh, I think my parents just did the old uh, subway catering. Yeah, um, exactly. And so nothing too special. I mean, it was cool to see a lot of people. I mean, my family came in from out of town, but nothing nothing too crazy. I've seen some crazy stuff. But then college, I didn't really have a party. It was just kind of like talked to a few people I know and got together at my parents' place. And, gosh, I think there was maybe two dozen people, probably just <laughs> over a dozen, and we just hung right. out. It wasn't like one of those drop-by, drop-off a card. A few people did, but... I told them not to worry about it. It was more of just a hangout, I think, cookout barbecue kind of thing. Yeah, they, people go all out for this stuff. And I'm like, come on, man, this is ridiculous. But, um, you know, that's the thing. Back in the 80s, we didn't have that. Even our pictures, our school pictures, heck, my we had one shot at it. It was like a driver's license. We had one sh- picture, and that was it. 
Everybody else has like what? You're in a barn. You're next to a horse. You're you know, doing all this other stuff. And I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, that's but, uh, I during my time it got a little crazy. Um, nothing too out of control, but I've seen some pretty uh, crazy things in recent years with what people are doing for senior pictures. Yeah. So I don't know, man, times have changed. Things are changing and grad parties are the thing to do, man. So, yeah, I, don't know. I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot that you've got your, uh, hands yeah. full for this summer. So, yep. So fun. Well, rock moment, man. Tell us, rock it out. A rock moment. I'm actually going to be sharing with someone because I've, I've been waiting for this for, uh, somebody we know and, I don't know. Oh, I think I know what it is. Yeah, you you might know. Uh, but our know. our good friend Brandon was able to uh, have a landmark event happen this week where he joined the PlayStation Four Club. Yeah, the dark side. Yes, the dark side. So uh, uh, just joining the gaming club, but but I do have to tell you, you know, it's nice to have him on board because I lost my other gaming partner to the wayside because. Oh, yeah? Somebody has failed to keep up with me and to oh, get yeah. the same games that I do and yeah, get multiplayer me. games. I won't name me. any. I won't name any names, but Brandon and I are starting a club called Everybody Except for Craig Club. <laughs> I knew you were talking about me. So, yeah, I know. I don't. Yeah, it, I know you. It hurts, you, man. It hurts. Right. Well, we'll see about. You know, if we get Brandon on board, we'll be be able to start up a group or something. So yeah, we'll have to start something. He he and I have been chatting about some different things that we could uh, experiment with because yeah, we've got our uh, different sets of talent. So just the way we're all well, <clears throat> you and I are definitely the night owls, and Brandon relatively is. He certainly is on the weekends, but uh, he's up later than the average person during the week as well. So we're. We're going to probably be hanging out and doing that, especially during the off-season before things get crazy with <clears throat> football, school, and, well, neither of us have school, but just family yeah. and things like that. Because I have to be looking at things for getting my first kid in school. So, school. Oh, yeah, that's right, man. Yeah. You're, that's going to be kind of a big step. Yeah, we're looking. We don't know if we're going to go public or, like, uh, local private smaller not like uh any kind of i don't even know boarding or anything but just like there are some uh independent schools i don't even know like there's some lutheran stuff and different things and i don't know we're we're exploring options so we'll see that's fortunately that's more of my wife's front and i'm helping and supporting and she's leading the charge on that so we'll see where it goes but yeah so that's cool. Welcome to the dark side, Brandon. Um, you know, of course, if anybody's out there, any Michigan fans, anybody's a fan of the show and likes to listen to us and want to get a hold of us on our PlayStation and our handle, we'll let you know. And that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, you could send us a email or we're always on Twitter and talking on there. And we play on a semi-regular basis. I almost feel like you're playing now more than I am because uh, I see you yeah. on there. i I don't know. I'm not too entertained by the stuff that I have right now. I'm waiting for a couple things. Well, I tell you what, I'm at my I'm at the end of Skyrim, so I'm about pretty much done. There's just nothing else I can do. So uh, beat it. 
I've done it all. I'm pretty much unstoppable. So nice. Yeah. Now, now we'll have to get you back into the multiplayer world. So <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> get back into that. So, well. all right. Well, enough about the video game side of things. But get to get to the real game. We'll we'll talk about Michigan football here as we always do, and uh, we'll transition into those uh, thoughts here coming up. All right. Well, for those of you who don't know, who didn't keep up, who maybe didn't hear at the end of the episode last week, what our plan is for this week, it's a very informal uh, preview for the 2017 season for Michigan football. It is very early preview. This is one of those things where you take with a grain of salt because anybody who's coming out and giving you the top 25 teams or – What's going to happen in the 2017 season at this point? I mean, if they're being completely serious about it, it's just uh, joking with themselves. But right now, we're just kind of taking early guesses, early thoughts, because we know there's a lot that's going to be changing between now and then. And even though we are just coming off recently, the spring game preview, we know that a lot is going to be changing, and especially the fact that uh, there are still players from the 2017 class that need to get into the school. So just very early thoughts. Um, uh, Look at the schedule and some different things here. Um, I might have a couple eh, random questions thrown in here, but uh, where where do you want to start out, Craig? Do you want to start out looking at the whole picture schedule-wise or – talking about the team offensively and defensively well let's talk about you know let's talk about um you know maybe the toughest conference game we got so okay go ahead and kick that off so let's um well you know we're going to be playing at penn state Mm -hmm. and then we're going to be playing at wisconsin and that's going to be i would say two of the biggest tests out tests outside of Ohio State, you know, coming into the big house. So those two games right there, it's going to be really, really tough because, you know, obviously hostile crowd and, um, you know, their fans show up and they're going to show up this year because, and then definitely going to show up this year because we're talking about Penn State and Wisconsin, two of the biggest teams uh, last year played each other. And, you know, that was a big, big game between those two and, you know, and what a game that was. So, um, we got Michigan's gonna gonna have to be developed, and the players are gonna have to be developed, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in those two games. So yeah, well, we will be um, actually both of those games will be coming off of road games for Michigan, anyways, because before the Penn State game is on the road at Indiana, and before the Wisconsin game is on the road at Maryland. Okay. So yep. both those are kind of having the same setup. There's no because sometimes you see that uh, nice little transition from a home game to a road game, but both of those do have the same transition. Do you have any initial thoughts? Um, and, and since this is really early and everything, and I know that we'll put more time into it and everything before we get to um, the August time frame, but I haven't even looked at uh, 
a lot of time looking into the other teams and their depth charts on who they lost and who they kept. But between those two, which one would you label as the more um, the more dangerous opportunity for Michigan to be uh, losing the, uh, one of those games? Um, and then why, I, of course? Well, well, it's a tough one because I know Penn State won, but I just think Penn State, obviously, they have the running back back and you know he's fantastic but uh, and their quarterback so and, you know he's very seasoned quarterback um but uh wisconsin on the other hand has a better defense and their freshman now is going to be a sophomore who had a, not a bad game against us he was okay um but we're talking about a freshman and he's going to be well versed in um as far as play time so was it hornybrook yep okay yeah, so, but, you know, like, but the thing is, is well, obviously Wisconsin, I think that coach likes to switch in and out of uh, quarterbacks. I don't know if they have the same one, but, you know, Hornibrook was one guy that played against us. But uh, I'd say Wisconsin is the one that I'm worried about. So, okay. both Yeah, both of them are definitely two of the biggest games <clears throat> for the 2017 season. And I actually easily will say that I believe the Wisconsin game is more in jeopardy for Michigan than the Penn State game. Yeah. The thing that really brings it close, though, is that Penn State is just such a tough place to play at. Um, but So is Wisconsin. But here's the thing that worries me more about Wisconsin. I mean, you mentioned the defense, and I totally agree with you on that. But the mm-hmm. thing that worries me about Wisconsin not and this is not really saying that's a trap game. The biggest thing that worries me about it is it's at the end, towards the end of the season and two years now in a row we have seen Michigan have a struggle at the end of their season. Right. And yep. we especially saw it last year between the Iowa game and the um the Ohio State game and the FSU game. And now granted all of those were very close games, but you saw obvious struggles and obvious malfunctions with the team, whether it's conditioning or whether it's play calling or coaching or quarterback play or offensive line play. There were serious issues that came up at the end of the season. So is it a conditioning thing? Is it the closeness of the games that were issues? I mean, there was a close game for Michigan, Wisconsin and Ann Arbor this past year. Um, Or is it uh, just kind of like, Things taper off and the team plateau. You know, there there just seem to be highlighted issues for Michigan towards the end of the season. So that's why I'm going with saying that between those two road games, uh, Wisconsin is the one that is a bigger red flag for me at this point. No, that's a good good point you made because we're talking about a one-two punch as far as, you know, getting – Wisconsin at Wisconsin and then getting the game with Ohio State at the big house right after that. So that you're right. And, you know, we have shown the very fact is we've had struggle, like you totally talked about the offensive line and, you know, uh, Spate having his issues as far as uh, not reading the open receivers at times when, when the offensive line did block. (laughs) So, you know, obviously they didn't block very well whatsoever, but, um, and then, you know, there's times where, uh, we, we struggled down the end of of stopping teams. So, 
But um, but you're right. I mean, even, we even have questions right now with those two games coming up. Is what what this team's going to look like? Last year, we knew exactly what the team's going to look like. We knew Chesson, we knew Darbo, we knew uh, Spate, we knew um, those guys were all going to be the starters. We knew who the team was. This team, on the other hand. We've got people right now that already are saying they are they're calling for Brandon Peters to be the starter over Spate. So I don't even know what's going to happen. I don't even know if he's going to be the starter. He could. Um, I don't know who's going to be the number one receiver. I mean, could it be uh, Peoples Jones or could it be Tariq Black? You know, and I'm hearing great things about Tariq Black. I don't know the dynamics of the team. I don't know who our go-to tight end is. <laughs> Um, I know Chris Perry's probably going to be our running back, but you never know in the mix. Chris, so, Chris Evans. A, right. I'm sorry, Chris Evans. But, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with this team. I know it's going to be a good team. I just don't know. There's a lot of question marks leading up to this. You and I are speculating right now as far as what's going to happen. So, uh, But, yeah, a great points you just made on Wisconsin. So it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, yeah that will be <clears throat> that'll be interesting to watch how Wisconsin progresses because last year it was very early on. I believe it was still in September, possibly when we played Wisconsin last year, maybe at the beginning of October. So that's a lot later in the season there in the middle of November, but to uh, flip things over a little bit, then you look at the home games and obviously without question, Ohio state is the big looming game right there. Then the season, but um, other home games to talk about, uh, obviously people look at uh, the Michigan State game, even though Michigan State is coming off a bad year and a bad off se- things happening in the offseason, Michigan State is still a rivalry game. And I say it all the time. I mean, I, I will go back to, and I cannot say what year it was, um, but it was when Michigan and Ohio State played, and Michigan was absolutely god-awful, and Ohio State was, what, top five, top four, something like that? And Michigan took it down and lost because of going for a two-point conversion rather than overtime. You just never know in a rivalry game what's going to happen. So the Michigan State game is still a big game. Um, It's a big game. It's an emotional game. I think we're crushing, by the way. I'm feeling that as well. But... So Ohio State is uh, up there at the top of the list. Uh, two other games worth mentioning. Um, uh, Air Force is always a tricky one. I oh, did not. Watch. Yeah, I did not feel too worried about that one. But you, we've already heard some coaches specifically call out that game, so they're keeping their eye on that, which is good. I mean, they should. Uh, right. So that's another game. But I'm going to probably bring up another one, too, um, just m- kind of because it's an interesting topic. I don't think it's going to be huge, but you just never really know. But uh, with Minnesota and their new head coach, why am I blanking? Fleck. Wait, right? Yep. Right? Yeah, I think. Anyways, Western Michigan's old coach. I feel like I'm drawing a blank here. Anyways, so they have a new head coach. He's from. He's coached in the state of Michigan. It, uh, first, first of all, everybody really has it out for Michigan, anyways. Michigan being Michigan, but also having Jim Harbaugh there. 
PJ Fleck is a very interesting coach. Kind of has some similar antics to Jim Harbaugh. Um, yeah. yeah, very right. energetic. Uh, I feel like he's pretty innovative. So you have to feel that at least one game, if not several games on their schedule, are going to be highlighted for trying to pull every trick out of the bag. Yeah, and winning a and game. He's won. Yeah, and he's won some. And he took Wisconsin down to the wire. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, or, nah, I can't remember how close it was, though. Uh, it, it was a close game for most of the game, if I cannot, uh, if I remember correctly, last year. And they, they are on their schedule this year. So, I mean, maybe he'll have that one as being the game that he really hopes and wishes to win since he's going to be rematching with them. But uh, they don't play Ohio State. They don't play Penn State. Uh, so the biggest conference games, I mean, you've got Iowa, Wisconsin, and um, Michigan. So it, it, I'm just putting that on there because I have a feeling that he's going to do something against some team, whether he specifically just targets one team or he just keeps doing it throughout the year where he's trying some trickery. So I wanted to include that on the list. So, um, But I'll hand it over to you on your thoughts on what game – you think, I, I guess, try to avoid the Ohio State game. I mean, we'll probably talk about it and everything. That goes without a doubt. But just talking about some of the home games this year. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, I'm looking over the schedule. And I think the interesting one is the Bear, uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. If you think about that, you're talking about it's coached by Fickle. <laughs> and Fickle is obviously used to coach for um, uh, open Buckeyes. And I think Michigan, if I'm correct, is that's the last time we beat Ohio State yeah. with uh, Denard, and that's with Fickle at, uh, as the head coach. So we've never really we've never beaten Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. So, so that'll be a really kind of interesting. And I don't think we'll have a tough time with uh, Cincinnati at all. I think we'll win that, but uh, I think that's a pretty interesting game. But. I mean, like you said, I mean, the game, that's a good point you made about Minnesota, but I think the game when you're talking about uh, the one that's a little bit tricky, I, I, I don't think Air Force is a fantastic team at all. What, I'm, what I think people are a little worried about is Michigan has always struggled with that triple option that they run, and they run it as they're the best at running that. It's a really tough one. It's a real high-tempo uh, way of uh, running a – uh, obviously a formation with the quarterback able to run pitch it and throw it and they run it so well it gives people a lot of fits i don't think harbaugh is is overlooking that i think he's playing for that i think he's gonna have his guys ready i think he'll have his linebackers moved up just in case of that uh, i think our corners are ready but um i think we'll do really really well against them um but uh yeah, I mean, I think we lucked out. I mean, if you think about it, we're, we we don't play Nebraska, we don't play Illinois, or Northwestern, or our bugaboo in Iowa. Yeah. So, and that's like you and you've pointed that out in last year. You've said that in the past couple of years up with our show. You've said Iowa has always caused us a hissy fit, and always caused they always seem to play us well. I don't know what it is. We seem to beat every other team and. 
but Iowa just seems to beat us, and I don't know what it is, but um, we kind of skipped out on that. But um, you know, I'm looking. I look at it over, and you know, I like you said, I I'm I think we're going to roll over Michigan State. I think. Let's put it this way: the, I think, like you said, the one I think is going to be interesting is Minnesota, the one you mentioned. So yeah. That'll be interesting at home. Yeah, speaking about Iowa, since you just brought them up, something that I'm kind of curious is I cannot remember last time we played Iowa at home. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like we've played them at Connect Stadium the past two or three times. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to kind of look that up. That's kind of got me intrigued now um, because I really cannot remember last time Iowa played at Michigan. But, so i got a question for you now. Yeah. Let's throw out this, you know, just the whole schedule. Which game do you see that could be an upset waiting to happen, possibly? So, outside of the main games that we're looking at as possible losses, what could be the upset one? Yeah. Uh, well, I go to, uh, cause the main ones you're kind of looking at are Ohio state, Wisconsin, Penn state and Florida. So the ones that we have mentioned that are kind of the trick, tricky ones are air, air force, Michigan state and Minnesota. Right. I, uh, if we had to say what out of those is the most likely for a loss, I would probably have to go for Air Force. Okay. Um, because, like I said, I feel like the Minnesota game will be interesting, but like you brought up with the talking about the triple option, Air Force is just one of those unknown kind of uh, dark horse isn't really the right term I want to use, but just those teams that – one of those teams that just causes problems for – almost everybody, but specifically Michigan with the triple option. So I guess I will go with the Air Force game. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking kind of that one or the uh, Indiana game because I believe Indiana plays um, Michigan State before they play us. So that will be... Or no, well, we have Michigan State before we play them. Right. Yep. And then I think Indiana plays them. Um, so there'll be like an emotional high sometimes as far as playing us. So it might be something that we might overlook, but, um, we took a lot of the coaches and so did Urban Meyer. So, <laughs> Oh, I, I see what you said. Okay. So you're saying the fact that we play Indiana after Michigan state, right? Okay. Yeah, I thought I think, you were saying Mich- or Indiana plays Michigan state right before they play us. My, my right. bad. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's why I'm wondering, you know, that could be kind of a, you know, we've always kind of had a little bit of a tough time with them because they have a great offense. They've always had a good offense. They had a terrible defense, but uh, in fact, past. But you know, that might be an interesting game. But uh, yeah, I'd say to me, I would look at Indiana possibly, and the other one would be Minnesota. Like you said, that would be a trap game that we might want to be careful with um, the new coach there. Well, bringing uh, up Indiana is really interesting because that is a very good point because Indiana has been a close game for us uh, quite a while. Definitely um, 
their offense is their strong point. I can't remember if it was last this last year or the year before where their defense was kind of on par, so they had a pretty decent team. But, yeah, that does sit right in between Michigan State and Penn State. So that's, yeah. that's pretty kind of interesting game sitting right there. I, I didn't really notice that. So that, yeah, that I mean, you were talking about a very um, emotional roller coaster kind of ride there where, you know, you've got the rivalry game and then you've got Indiana and then you right after that you're looking at going to Beaver Stadium. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's... That could be tricky. That'll be an interesting part of the season to be watching. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, and obviously the one, and that's the thing, you know, and I don't want to overlook Florida very, you know, non-conference game, but uh, that would be, that that is the litmus test on exactly how Michigan's going to play out, probably how they're going to do. So that will be a big, big game. For everybody the florida game yep yeah it's it's so tricky with it being the first game i mean because you remember how things went with the utah game <laughs> with, yeah with rudolph yeah so i the florida game is going to be tough because there's a lot of new stuff going on for michigan and there's a lot of new stuff going on for florida and first game of the year is always just such a such chaos it really is i mean it's tough to get um a good grasp on things from the first game because uh, somebody somebody could have just not been prepared and totally got caught off guard and got annihilated or somebody uh yeah just it's tricky so uh but that is a very big game at the beginning so one thing I guess that we'll discuss here before kind of talking a little bit more in specifics about offense and defense. And we'll save the, uh, what our predictions are for a final record, um, at, for the end of the episode. But, um, we haven't talked about the Florida game. So kind of looking at, at the whole thing, um, that's definitely the biggest out of conference game that we have without a doubt. Cause you've got, Florida Gators, Cincinnati Bearcats, and the Air Force uh, Falcons. And then the biggest in-conference game we have is against Ohio State there at the end. So you start off with a tough game and you end with a tough game. How how about you rate in order the top three or four uh, the toughest games? Um, Home and away, top three or four. Um, that's, yeah, that's a really good one too. Cause, um, I'm going to say, obviously, are we going from number one would be the top, top game. Yeah. And, number one would be the toughest game. Well, toughest game is Ohio state here. So that'll be number one, um, for sure. Cause they are going to be ranked number one. Um, I'm going to say number two is going to be Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Like you said, at the end of the year. I think their team might be just a little bit better than the next team I'll say is Penn State at three. And then I'm going to say um, four is going to be Florida. I'm just going to go with Florida. I don't see anybody else in that group that's going to beat us. So, Okay, yeah, I would change that a little bit because I would put Florida as three and Penn State at four. Um, 
just because giving the edge of for Florida being the first game of the year. And it's on a neutral site, so yeah. yeah. So I mean, like that—that's really close. I was kind of anticipating something like that uh, coming up in the conversation. So really close there, because I mean, Ohio State, without a doubt, uh, Wisconsin's uh, pretty easy because we brought up the concerns with that game, and then just kind of flip-flopping there between Florida and Penn State, just different uh, opinions there on that one and thoughts. So, but uh, we'll get to what the thoughts are on the final record here in a little bit but just talking kind of an outlook we've talked about a little bit uh but you know this is the preview so we'll talk about some uh specific positions and just our our early thoughts because it's going to be fun to kind of go back and i'll probably go ahead and listen to this one uh before we do the preview right before the season starts to see how our opinions differ but uh some position battles and different things like that. Craig, where do you want to start off with that? Where do you want to start the conversation? Uh, position battles. Obviously, you can start with the big dog and Wilton Spate and Peters. Um, that'll be very interesting because I haven't heard anything on... Boy, they're really keeping this tight-lipped. Usually around this time, you and I, and we get some word as far as like who's doing what and you know jockeying for positioning. So um, I haven't heard anything yet. So... I'm guessing Spate's still going to be at the helm as far as a quarterback. But um, till we hear more, um, that's the one I'm wondering, wondering what was going to happen. Uh, obviously, we just heard that Drake Harris might be changing over to uh, uh, positioning. So he might be on the on the secondary, which is really interesting. You know, listen to your opinion on that. But uh, uh, we just got word of that, by the way. Um, so, but... Um, also, it's interesting who's going to be, you know, at wide receiver. You know, do you get, you know, as far as who's doing great, I think Peoples-Jones is still going to be at number one. But uh, uh, you get, uh, is McDoom going to be okay? You know, is he going to be back? Is he, you know, he tweaked his uh, his um, ankle. So, or is Tariq Black going to be the main guy? You know, so, but uh, I don't know. Um, those are the questions I have. On obviously some um, offensive line issues, but uh, as far as anything else, those are the things I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah, before going too far, then to go back to the quarterback conversation, who I, and you you did say it, you explained it. There's not a lot right now, but right now, and I'm pretty sure we did this last year. Who do you feel is going to be the starter then for the Florida game when the season kicks off? I think Spate will. Okay. All right. Yeah, they, I mean, everybody's coming off the high. That was the spring game, and we had this conversation. We don't really need to go into it. The spring game is great. You get to see a little bit of a pre- preview, but it's very deceiving because you don't have all the starters on one team and different situations with that. Um, also, something interesting to kind of point out, too, the diff- and you distinctly see this, in how the game was played in 2015 compared to 2016, um, quarterbacks have their uh, connect specific connections and chemistry with receivers. You saw Rudock and uh, Chesson, wasn't that the one? And then yeah. it was uh, Spate and Darbo. Right. Um, so 
you kind of have to wonder and question. I know that it hasn't been as much time that they played together, but you know, did does Spate connect better? I can't remember who was on what team, but let's say does Spate connect better with Peoples Jones, and they weren't on the same team, and does Peters connect with Tariq Black, and were right. they on separate teams? So there, there's so many things to consider, but. Peters did look like the better quarterback in the spring game. So there's a lot of talk about it, a lot of questions. It's going to be one of the biggest conversations during the offseason for Michigan because I still believe the biggest conversation is going to be the offensive line. We'll definitely get to talking about that. But I I do agree with you, and I feel like it is going to be spate starting at the beginning of the season for 2017. That being said, I do specifically remember last year uh, when we did our early preview for the 2016 season, both of us thought O'Corn was going to be the one. (laughs) So I will go ahead and put that in there and say that we have not been batting a thousand with this. No, we haven't done well with it on. In fact, O'Corn actually looked better than Spate did at spring. So, but, uh, yeah, you're right. It's just been – you and I haven't been very good at this. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I, mean, we weren't alone. I, last year it was – I think – I feel like there was more people on the side of O'Corn than Spate last year. So, right. But right now it seems like there are more people on the side of Peters than Spate this year. So, And, we, and he, he fought through and – Got it last year, so who's to say that that's not going to happen this year? But um, you brought up the wide receivers. Um, definitely very interesting. Definitely a huge opportunity for people to step in there. Um, and I'm looking forward to it because I'm looking to the potential because uh, the names are specifically uh, slipping my mind. But, you know, looking back at some of those great Michigan receivers that started off from day one, you know, the freshmen who, you know, you knew their name, their freshman year because of the impact that they made. It's been, it's been a while. I mean, I I know that some have come and gone, but you, it's been a while since there's been that household name for a wide receiver to come in in their freshman year and make a lot of noise. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm looking forward to the season because I think something like that can happen between Peoples Jones and Tariq Black. Honestly, so early to tell. Um, I do kind of agree with you where I think that Peoples Jones is leading things right now. I mean, great things have been said about both of them, but we'll kind of have to wait and see. So, yeah. So, I mean, it'll be quite interesting to see how this shakes up. So, um, you and I are really going to be excited because you know we're there's a lot of question marks i mean it's a good thing i mean because we got new got players coming in and you got uh you never know yeah even aubrey solomon hasn't even got on yet there he hasn't got there yet so (laughs) you never know what he could do so but um yeah it is a very going to be very very interesting um but um to see even i want to see how chris evans does handling the load because obviously him, he's going to probably tote the rock the whole time. I mean, that's what he wants. So and that's the thing is, you know, is is he going to be the guy that carries the carries the ball the most, and how well is he going to do? Oh, 
Yeah, for sure. That was exactly where I was going to be moving next, next with the uh, running back position because Evans has gone to the uh, front of the pack. Um, his speed, his explosiveness, uh, he's exciting to watch. Um, he for sure is going to be in there starting. The question is, because uh, you've seen it with Michigan, where it's been a, a pack or a group of running backs where you rotate. I mean, Smith was obviously the key one last year, but, I mean, you saw a great production from Evans and Higdon. So the question, the thing that we're looking for this year, and I think we've mentioned it before, is like, okay, are we going to keep that going where it's going to be kind of a rotation? Yes, Evans number one, but you mix it up a lot. Or is Evans the one? Like, is he going to be the stud running back that you highlight each and every game. And I'm okay right. with either. I'm I mean it's it's tough and crazy to say because Higdon showed a lot of promise last year. So I mean if he keeps up that kind of production, I mean you're gonna want to give him some opportunity as well. But I do believe that it's going to be Evans ahead of everybody else. Right. Yeah, and that's you and I've talked about that is you know whether you um, go with the multiple running backs, or do you stick with one running back? And you know, I think you're you are on the fence. Weren't you on the fence on that? Like you, you're not sure about that. I've always wanted one running back. I just think Michigan does better like that. Um, we always have in the past. Um, we traditionally don't use multiple running backs. You know, I know we had BJ Askew and um, and Perry and those guys like that but um i'm talking about you know bianca batuka and you know we're talking about the tyrone you know we had wheatley there we had uh hard yeah exactly a train and you know those are the those are the guys we remember and those are the guys that tote the rock um mostly because they were the best and that's why i'm like wondering can chris evans be that guy can he be that tote that rock and get it and gain yards like those guys in the past could i don't know like you said i like higdon too he showed a lot of promise see in fact he showed sometimes when evans couldn't run the ball higdon got the ball and he ran it better i think during the iowa game i think higdon got the ball and he did better than evans so we'll see how that goes and then you got cream walker back there who i thought did showed a little bit of promise in spring game he showed some really good moves even though the offensive line couldn't block very well i thought he had some great moves um so it'll be good to see him, but um, Ty Isaac did great in spring game. You and I saw that he did very well. So we'll see how he fits in too. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm on the fence because there are obvious perks with having the one running back and having the group. I um, some of the things that a uh, couple things that kind of concern me with Evans being the lead running back, the number one running back, like you know, feature him at each and every game. Uh, he's, he's a little bit smaller um, size-wise, and so the concern of longevity and being able to take so many hits um, is a little bit of a concern. Um, I, I, I mean, I know there are running backs of all different sizes and everything, but we've been, uh, I don't know, I guess you could say almost we've been kind of spoiled with Smith even though he didn't have the crazy numbers and everything. I mean, he certainly had his games, but he was uh, – he missed his time and everything, but he was a brute. 
And yep. so he could get knocked around and he'd bounce right back up with Evans. Um, it, it's uh, that's still a little bit of a concern just with his size. So, and I mean, maybe that doesn't even come up at all and isn't any kind of an issue, but something, right. something to say about that. So, yeah, that'll be very, very interesting. And obviously going, you know, it, it, it's still up in the air and on a secondary is that, you know, David long, are we talking about, you know, shoot, you know, and Lavert Hill and those guys, are they going to be the starters, which I think they will, but, um, um, that'll be very interesting because we didn't get a chance to see them very much in the spring game. So, um, but uh, yeah, a lot of questions. I think our defensive line, very in, in, you know, defensive tackle position and defensive end, as far as Rashawn Gary's there, and I think he's going to be on a tear. I think he's probably going to get double teamed out. So um, we'll see what teams do on our on our defense because our defensive line is going to be just stellar. Yeah, and he's wanted to be more of a leadership role. And have you noticed that he's been more active on social media? I love that. Yeah, I. I uh, I really believe that that's part of his uh, kind of yeah. leadership plan, which, I, I mean, is cool. It's great. I mean, he doesn't need to do it, but I think right. that added little bit is uh, interesting to see. And um, Yeah, once you come with active, you know, and you're active on there and you want to be a leader, you're going to get, like you said, you're going to get the trolls and you're going to get the cynics and the, <laughs> and the critiquing and, the, you know, you're going to get trolled. So Peppers knows that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of another player. I mean, a lot of pl- players were active on social media, but Rashawn Gary is kind of appears to me taking a little bit of a different approach to it where he's almost got like a, a social media plan where it's just like, you know, once a week or every other day I'm going to post something and, you know, it's going to be positive. It's going to be inspiring. I'm going right. to... And, and, I mean, he's got... He's got a plan and he's working on it. That's what looks. It doesn't look random. It doesn't look like he's just out there. You know, some random day I'll say something and then it'll be a couple days. He's got a purpose and he's leading the way. So it's it's interesting. I mean, he's exciting anyway as it is, but that's kind of an interesting uh, part to it. So uh, defensively speaking, though, player that you're uh, highlight a player on defense, not called Rashawn Gary. Um, that you, um, I mean, obviously there's plenty of people to pick up, pick from for 2017, but just like somebody, uh, drop a name for 2017 on the defense. Outside of um, so I'm so excited after the spring game. I'm absolutely can't wait to see at uh, all. Let's put this. I can't wait to see if it continues with Khalid Cutson. I just can't wait for him at that Viper position. He's right there with uh, um, what Peppers was. He's in that same position and see what he can do. And just his energy, his athleticism, and what he was able to do during that game was, you know, during that spring game was mind-blowing. And I'm very excited to see what he can do and what kind of havoc he's going to reach, he's going to do on, on those offensive teams, those schemes that he's going to use. So he's he's my player. I'm going to call out and wait. Yeah, uh, the one that I go back to, and I know that I've said his name before, and there was a lot of good things to say around the spring game, uh, Devin Bush Jr. 
Oh yeah. Uh, I I really I really liked it. He is high on my list. I I'm excited for that. Two linebackers, you and me. Yeah. So and that's been uh, area of concern for Michigan before. I mean, I think without a doubt, the defensive line, uh, the defensive line uh, stands above everybody else, and we both feel pretty good and are excited about the linebackers. Uh, the secondary took a hit, um, so I'm not saying that they're not doing well or anything, but that I think that might be the biggest question mark on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean we're we've got some length, you know, we got some length there, and but yeah, you're right. We didn't get the chance to see too many of those guys um, during the spring game play. So I saw uh, St. Juice. He was great. The guy's tall, lanky. He had a really good uh, game. So, but uh, I don't see him at, at on the starting lineup. I mean, he would have to really push to move up. But um, I. I still see uh, as Cannell and David Long and Levert Hill at at corner and Cannell at safety. So, yeah, right. yeah, we'll we'll be watching that for sure. Um, not as many questions as the offense, but uh, definitely some changes happening on defense uh, defense as well. Do you have anything to add before we move into uh, final predictions for the record? No, I just think it's going to be interesting because, uh, you know, our our bye week, September 30th, which is, um, you know, I would say we'd probably more than likely uh, we'll be 4-0 by that time. But um, then we play Michigan State right after that. So, yeah. And that'll be interesting because that'll give us a week, you know, a week and a, or two weeks of rest time in order to get ready for them. So, yep. Very true, very true. So, all right. Well, kind of, sort of, maybe the main event. I don't know. Probably the thing that people are most interested in is records. Records speak for themselves. Uh, Michigan, past two years, finishing 10-3 and both times. Uh, Last year was kind of a a letdown to most because, uh, gosh, what, what did it get to? 8-0, 9-0. 8-0, 9-0. It was a yep. disappointing end of the season. Uh, whatever. I can't remember what the record was when we lost to Iowa. But, um, so 2017. We have to give a prediction on what we think the record will be. The regular season record. Don't don't mess with any Big Ten games or bowl games or whatever. Okay. What's the record that you predict for the end of the regular season for Michigan? Boy, tough one. Um... I've looked it over. I've studied a little bit here. I'm looking at what's going on. Uh, wow. I am gonna say the same record as last year. I'm gonna say ten and two. I think I think Ohio State's just a tough one because they got they got um, Barrett there, and he's just you know he he's a player that needs to be. You know, you got to be careful of, and he's going to be his—he's going to be a senior. He's—I mean, that's how good he's been. So, and then I think we're going to have one game. I think we're going to have to be careful with, and that is the Minnesota or the Wisconsin and the Penn State game. So, so I think one of those games might give us a trouble. So I'll say ten and two again. Okay, so ten and two, ten and two. All right. Well, I um, 
Oh, we highlighted those four games of concern. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Florida. Um, so, I uh, I know last year, uh, I, I think around this time, I was predicting a one-loss season uh, for Michigan, and then right before the season started, I, I just was so sold on the team, I thought that they could go undefeated. And, it, I mean, what, what was it, five points away? Uh, from that possibility, but anyways, it was really close. So this year, obviously with the huge question marks, huge concerns, a lot of changes, but um, a lot of exciting things happening too. And we've seen um, teams loaded with freshmen do crazier things. So I am right there with you. I don't see how they get through this without at least one loss. So looking at eleven and one or ten and two, I'm I'm thinking that we beat a Michigan State and Ohio State. So you're looking at Wisconsin, Penn State, or Florida. I'm feeling really good at beating at least one of those. So I'm 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 really stuck between ten and two and eleven and one. I guess <clears throat> Right now, I'll go ahead and, and, and ride with you and say 10-2. and two. Okay. Um, and then after we hear more, learn more, see who's progressing, um, hear some more stuff during the offseason, maybe that'll change my mind on uh, whether they're able to get one more win or not. But we're both sitting there at 10-2 and two then, so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think a lot of people are kind of on that page. I, I don't see... I mean, of course, it kind of depends on how you look what happens then in the postseason. I don't think that Michigan ends with a worse record than it's seen in the past two years. I don't see how things get worse than 10-3. and three. Um, do, you, do you see that uh, things could fall off like that at all? Or No. No, I don't. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just I yeah I look at that first game. You know, you got the cobwebs. You got you're trying to shake off some of the rust. You got question marks, and that'll be a game where I won't be surprised to say the least if we lose that game in Florida. So I'm gonna kind of walk into that scene just because of all the question marks and and our chemistry, how that's gonna be and how we're gonna look. But I won't be surprised if we whip their butts either. So I'm kind of, I'm like, I won't be surprised either way. So I'm not going to walk away going, I can't believe we lost to Florida. I'm going to go, well, you know, we're, we have a lot of question marks. We got a lot of things that we need to uh, hash out and figure out. But uh, if we whip them, um, I'm not going to be surprised either because we have a ton of talent. More, In fact, we have more talent than Florida does. So, but um, yeah, you're right. You get that Penn State, you get that Wisconsin, and then the, that Wisconsin and Ohio State is such a tough stretch to pl- to play each other. I mean, for Michigan, that's really going to show what Michigan's made of. Yeah, so. absolutely, and especially kind of like how we said, and that was right there at the beginning of the episode, Michigan struggles at the end of the season in general, yeah. has shown that recently, so that – will be a huge benchmark for them on how they play during that time. So, yep. All right. Well, there we have it. We will go ahead and transition here, get into some closing thoughts uh, before we close things off for the end of the episode here. 
All right, 10 and 2 and 10 and 2. That is where we sit. That is what we think. Uh, like I said, I think a lot of people kind of share our views on that. But we're interested in knowing. If you guys want to, I mean, we could easily talk about fan reaction. Next week, if anybody wants to share their thoughts, uh, actually what we should try to do, Craig, is probably maybe be a little bit more um, deliberate and put out like, uh, maybe we could do a poll. Probably do yeah. a poll. You know, what's more likely Michigan going 12-0, and 11-1, or 10-2? and Maybe we right. could even put nine and nine and three, um, uh, but just get more reactions than we can talk about next time. Uh, but if you guys want to contact us directly, we have our email, bluebrothersportscast at gmail dot com, or our um, the one that we get the most hits with, out, well, outside of people talking to us on Twitter, uh, the voicemail. Really easy. Call, leave us a short voicemail, uh, and we can uh, play it on the uh, sportscast. Uh, that's five five one two five eight three two seven six. Easy way to remember that one is five five one blue bro. So yep. yeah, hit us up. Let us know. Um, otherwise, I'm not sure what we're going to be touching on next week, but I do know that we are slowly, gradually working towards our off-season interviews with uh, some potential recruits and everything with that. So hopefully that will be coming up sometime. Yep. Should be exciting. All right. Any any closing thoughts before we hit the final music? Nope. Got none, man. Just got uh, to do the yard up and get rocking on that. So. All right. Fun times. Be careful with that shoulder of yours, you yeah. old man. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, what what makes you feel older, your shoulder or the fact that your first one's graduating from high school? No, oh, first one graduating from high school, man. That sucks. Crazy times, man. Yeah, like I said, my my first one isn't even in uh, kindergarten yet. So I know. Jeez. Yeah, still still young and handsome over here. So <laughs> with no hair. Uh it's it's come it it's coming back a little bit and actually some people were talking to me about it, some of my coworkers today and saying, Okay, yeah, you can buzz it, but we recommend that you um do that you you don't shave it all the way down like I did. So they're saying just do the buzz cut, don't do the clean shave, basically. Right. So th- there'll be some hair. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of feeling it out a little bit. Like I said, it was a weird patch in the front. So if it if it does okay, I might leave it. Otherwise, I might just take it down all the way. But anyways, enough enough old talk. Enough hair talk. So <laughs> it still bugs me a little bit. So, but we thank you guys for uh, tuning in with us again this week. We hope you guys have a good rest of the week. The weekend is slowly but surely coming. In, so we'll finish things off. Go blue. Go Blue.